0: Welcome back everybody to the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 252, Remembering the New 52 with Dave Molyneux. <laughs> So, Mr. Dave Molyneux, how's it going, buddy?
1: Uh, yeah, not bad. Sorry, a bit hot. I've got really... I need a haircut.
0: Yeah, we switched this time. Usually, I'm the one wearing a ball cap, and you just got the hair flowing <laughs> like a movie star. And uh, this time, I'm I'm, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> This time, I'm the one with no... Yeah, look, I actually have hair.
1: <laughs> wow, I think I've seen your hair before. Oh, have this you? This is a okay. revelation. No, you haven't
0: before? Or is this the first time? No, I don't, I don't think so. That's so funny. You don't realize sometimes that you, you you kind of put on a persona in certain spaces where people don't know what you look like because you're always wearing a work hat or, you know, a suit and tie. And they're like, oh, look at you. Yeah. You, you dress down too. Funny.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny like many you take your glasses off, you know, because like, if you normally wear glasses, I used to wear glasses all the time. Yeah. Um, and I always think like, yeah, that Clark Kent thing doesn't work. And then,
0: you take your glasses off, people don't recognize you. Go, oh. yeah. It kind of does. It kind of does. Yeah, people give you the double take. It's true. Yeah.
1: That Some means p- you can avoid people if you want.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Sometimes that would be when you <laughs> when you're in a supermarket somewhere and you see someone. Ah, oh, damn it! And you could just do a quick little. That'd be that'd be a nice power. Uh-huh. Um, how have you Say been? That. How are things going out uh, out in England?
1: I'm fine. To be honest, I'm just, I, I live in this little room, occasionally go out. Yeah. <laughs> do stuff for the kids. It was my birthday the other week. So we, you know, we went out. Where did we go? I don't even know. It's was mostly just stuff for the kids. And it was just really, it was just really chilled. It's just been really chilled. I kind of like this whole not seeing many people chilled by no offense to anyone I know who's listening. Uh, <laughs> but I'm happy not seeing
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so. With that in mind, now, everyone that's listening, this is a comic book podcast, and we are going to talk about The New 52, so if we're on a tangent, because we got, we had feedback last time we, we uh, recorded, we actually had some yeah. feedback, so you gotta kinda stick to the script, right? People wanna know that you're with them, that they tuned in for a reason, so we are gonna be talking about The New 52, but since I just kinda do cold starts now, I like to just get into the conversation, but um, I was gonna ask you something, now I forgot, oh yes, were you a? Uh, did you find yourself being a very social person before? Where you where you like liked parties and big get togethers and the bigger the better, or were you always kind of you like getting together? Smaller groups, a little bit more one on one, will have a really good time. What say you? Which one did you find yourself in? What camp?
1: I think I kind of used to think I was a bit of a outgoing kind of party guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to drink like a beast like a lot and then I realised well, after years of doing this I just realised like the reason why I go out and I drink so much when I go out is because I don't like it ah ok That's <laughs> so I don't like being the centre of attention I don't like it's like when, when we, we had a wedding and I know a lot of people mm-hmm. from going out so much and we had 150 people there um, and I don't like I couldn't deal with it I can't deal with that. But then I used to do stuff with, with the band, the occasional that's gig. right. And, and it, it'd be a big event. One, it'd be one gig a year for a charity thing, so we'd really build up to it, do a big blast-out thing. And I was thinking, like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I giving myself anxiety mm. when I don't really like doing this? But I do, like it, you get a buzz off it. Yeah. But I think that's quite controlled, so you can kind of go, I'm going to do a show, and then we're done, and I can turn off the persona, and I can go home. And I think that suits me a little better. But sometimes, you know, if you don't feel like it when you go out and people expect you to be on, yeah. it's exhausting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. I, I, um, I'm I, in the same camp where you know a lot of people over the years and, you, you know, you have friends that you share with your cousins and friends that you share with this side of the family. And it just, you, you know, your circle grows. And not everybody's your best friend. But then you start going to work. And making those type of friends and, and before you know it, you could have a very busy life. But I've always been, um, as much as I enjoy a nice get-together and you have a good time and I make the most of it, I, I can't do it day day after day. That thing of, like you said, that showing up, I, I can't. I need quiet time. I don't, I don't. Um, when I'm alone, I don't feel lonely. Yeah. I'm perfectly yeah, fine me. to be alone. It's one of those weird things. Like I kind of, I struggle
1: to understand people. I think that 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 can't deal with their own company because um, I just, I relish it not to be around myself but just to be able to do that, because all the things I like doing the most uh, just only need me. Right. That sounds dubious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> listen. However, people want to take that it it should be the it should be the case though right in in, in a. Yeah, like I I I think a mentally healthy person and I'm gonna turn this back into the, the, the comic book talk and the music talk and you know, pop culture thing is that it's something you do very lonely. It's the you know, the cave of solitude, right? You really do it alone. Yeah. And your mind is that space for you where you can have your little own universe hopping from here to here to here, and you sorta of slowly build up, you know, Fable Town and you fail Asgard mm-hmm. and all these places that you, you enjoy visiting and in those moments of contemplation you get excited to share it like in the moment like this like there's your your spot here's my spot and we could talk f- for hours because we enjoy being alone for a lot of that time
1: yeah yeah it's funny that it's, it's like a lot of the people as well that i know what i think i've said before on, on other episodes like i don't they don't really like comics mm-hmm. so in terms of common interests there isn't that there so it's very much my thing and my pursuit and it's only until i started doing stuff like this and doing the marvel comics guide and i have people messaging one-on-one or we chat on here you know what i mean and that's really the first time i have talked about it in depth with people who know about it and understand it otherwise it's people just going so does colossus wang become metal as yeah. well or <laughs> what? and that, that's kind of the extent
0: yeah yeah People ask you those questions after a movie comes out, and they want to see like what What is it? Was it Was it good? What did you think? Is that right? Did he actually have that? And that's the only time they'll yeah. come and talk to you about it. And that's when it changed. I think when the film
1: starts to become popular, people started asking questions, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting because all of a sudden people people went from taking the piss out of you for liking comics and going why to so so that was really cool. Did that, is that how it went? And what can we expect to see? And what do you think is going to happen with this? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that was mine. Yeah. And now you want to yeah. take it from
0: me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, you, shut up. No, You don't have an opinion. What do you know about it? That movie's better than Thanos this movie. Right?
1: I don't know. Is it 1991? <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: already been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. How do you deal with the... Um, this is what people say to me all the time because I, I tell them, like, I, if I ever won, you know, the lottery, let's say, and I would never run out. I would never have a problem with not going to work ever again. I, I know exactly what I would do. I've got thousands of books to read. I got thousands of movies to watch, you know, place I travel. I could be for one whole year, 365, sitting in my chair, on my chaise or my, you know, chair and have a new book to read per week. That'd mm-hmm. be perfect. And I wouldn't I yeah. would. I wouldn't be like, oh, it's getting boring. I need to get out there and work for... No, no, no. I'd be good. <laughs> but people say, and I say all that to say this, people say, yeah, but you don't really read. You read comics. That's not really reading.
1: What do you mm-hmm. say to that? I, I normally just ask them if they ever actually... Have you actually read one? <laughs> and the answer is normally no. I read the b Oh, don't seriously! <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they base it on no opinion at all. So, like, if you just ask them to quantify their opinion, they can't. That's normally the best way. Well, like, have you read Preacher? What age group do you think Preacher's aimed at? Do You know, <laughs> anything about what you're asking? Yeah. Um, so if people do, if people do question it, and people don't tend to now, I think because people are seeing the source material. Like there was some someone literally was arguing with me the other day, going, uh, yeah, um, we're watching Sweet Tooth. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, it's based on a comic. They like, went, no, it's not. Mm. Like, no, it is. Well, it's not. It's not a superhero thing. I'm like, comics aren't just superhero things. Right. But it's, yeah. And so so people are going, like, oh, I didn't know you could do that in comics. Like, this has been going on for... Decades and people have, still have this misunderstanding, but I think they're a little more, mostly, I think they're more open to it. I think if they want to use it, people want to use it as a weapon against you, they will. I've, my wife had friends over recently, and one of them just wanted to look at the room. I just, can you, I don't know what the conversation was, because she just kind of brought this this person in. I don't know her particularly well. And she's <laughs> looking at the shelves, and I was going, What, do you want to know where I bought the shelves? Is, that, is this an IKEA question? <laughs> um, yeah. I think she was just confused by it all. But I don't know. I tend not to try and explain it or justify it. I think the moment you start to to get defensive about it, um, people can then kind of up that attack. So generally over history, I've gone kind of like, looking like, oh, you read stuff for kids. Like, that's what you want to think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're not going to change your mind. You're looking for a fight. You're not looking to understand. And if you're looking to understand, I'll help you. If you're not and you're just attacking, it's conversation time.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's it, it just, it's happened so often because I always, I head into work and sit in my car before I have to go onto a construction site because I'm not in an office to have a book. So I have it in my car. I get there like 45 minutes early on purpose. So I have some quiet time to, to read and feel happy before having to go and do something I absolutely hate. Right. Well, not absolutely hate, but you know what I mean. If you're going to be doing yeah, I know what you mean. lifting up pipe in the cold, I'd rather be at home today. Right. <laughs> so I, I kind of just uh, warm up the brain, get myself thinking a little bit. Uh, depending on what it is, you is, you're reading a lot of text or just pictures, you know, all depends. But people are like, ah, he's sitting in his car reading Green Lantern. Or he's, yeah, would be reading Superman? Because they're a bunch of numbskulls, right? So it's always that thing of, uh, I, I wonder, even, I, even some, some family members are like, but why don't you try reading? My wife said to me, I go, what should I read next? She goes, try a novel, like a real novel. And I'm like, but look at everything that I have to read, <laughs> right? And then I showed her fables. I'm like, take a look at this. That's a lot of text. Do you want to read that? She goes, yeah, that's too big. I go, okay. That's like three novels. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's fun to, to hear other people uh, how they either react or laugh at it or what's their response to it.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like it though when people want to genuinely want to understand it. It's like there, there are friends of mine who've actually listened to episodes of us chatting about it, who aren't really into comics and they've just kind of like I played the whole thing just because it's just nice to hear people talk about something they love genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people really want to understand it you can sometimes convince people to even just try something or maybe they just walk away understanding it a bit more and they'll never read really a comic in their lives. But um, yeah, if people want to want to learn, it's nice to, to talk to them about it. But yeah, you just got to tell the difference between those that want to know and those that want to take the piss.
0: Right, right. And it's funny, I have to, if I'm completely honest, I always liked comic books from a childhood, from my childhood, but it wasn't until I was... In my, I guess, 30s, when I found people having podcasts of just talking to their friends and breaking down the work and talking about these collections and, and speaking about them sometimes with this level of philosophy. It's like, oh, like this is, this is something that people, you can, you can actually study this. And, and some people had written thesis papers on it and I was yeah. like, wow. Wow. So they take the time and, and read more. That's what it taught me. Like, look how much fun this could be and all the things you're missing on because you think it's just this you know, this little thing. And hearing people talk about how much they loved something made me want to read everything. It made me so excited, even if something sucked. <laughs> you're just excited for the journey to, to see what it's about, to see what people, what moment they appreciated or what they didn't like, and you actually want to... 'Cause when it's just audio, you're coming up with it in your 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 imagination. Like man yeah. that moment with Colossus and Kitty Pride and John Cassidy, like why is that so I've never seen that before. I gotta I gotta read this now. Even though it's a spoiler, I, I still wanna what what happened like I wanna feel <laughs> it, right?
1: Yeah. It's funny as well, like uh, like compared to watching a film, and I generally won't watch a film unless I'm with my wife watching it. Mm-hmm. So there's loads like of films I really, really wanna see that I still haven't seen. Um up, either piled up on a disc, a pile of DVDs that I don't even, do we have a DVD player at this point? I don't even know. <laughs> um, or, you know, I've, they're on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. If it's just something I want to watch, odds are I might never see it. Because I just struggle to find the time. But um, yeah, I think like I generally watch it with, with with Misha and I'll turn to her and actually say, like, oh, what did you think of that at the end of it? Or, you know, we'll have a chat about it. With the comic, I literally will just go it can be the most amazing thing and you kind of big sigh and you go like wow um, and there's kind of no one to share it with which in a way is, is kind of sad but it I don't know then I'll post about it on Instagram I guess or I'll talk about it to you or you know whoever else might want to chat about it I might actually get to recommend it to people now right, because right. I never used it at one point that's time, why I'm here
0: Dave that's why yes. I'm here <laughs> <laughs> no it works out that's funny no I I totally understand. Now, my wife she does read stuff, but she um she won't read everything that I go like it ha- she's into I think the more noir aspects of comics. A little bit more uh, of the murder mystery or, yeah, she's into the Batman and the Daredevils and he I've got her to read the Fade Out from Rubrik. She liked that kind of sort of I thing. I heard, yeah. yeah.
1: I listened to your episodes with the two of you together.
0: Oh, okay, cool, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was really, that was, that was sweet. I would love that episode. That was really good fun. It, was, it felt really
0: familiar, actually, because like they're the kind of conversations I have with my wife. Yeah, no, and that... <laughs> like, and. Oh. The beginning of the show, it was pretty much just me and her having those moments. So it was always fun to have somebody who, like one, one of those funny moments that, um, as I digress, was we were talking about Paper Girls and I got her to read Paper Girls because uh, I loved it. And it, I think right around the same time, Stranger Things was on TV. So it was like a good night, like it was these two things that were different, but close enough, you know? Yeah. And uh, I love the book. So I wanted to do an episode of of like a book report on it sort of thing, book club. And I'm like, so what did you think of the art? She's like, meh, it's all right. I'm like, "He, uh, he won an award for this book. She goes, really? She goes, oh. So she's like, she gave her honest opinion without being tainted by the name. Or by, you know, we we go into stuff sometimes saying, well, this is high, you know, highbrow sort of art. And I'm going to read this differently. And he gets away with, you know, kind of being a little lazy here because that was his artistic choice. And so we read Uh it with all kind of, whereas you give it to just a fresh person like, no, I don't like it. (laughs) And you need that fresh input sometimes, even when they are, they, they do enjoy the art form. But it's fun to yeah. not be tainted by names sometimes.
1: And also be tainted by either the hype or, or anti-hype of of whatever it is. Because, like, you know, the, it's not just about reading the comics, is it? You know, you're reading about the comics and you're chatting about it and you're seeing what the buzz is about certain things. Do people still say that phrase? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's, that's kind of how that works. And you know, like, you can't, you can't, I don't want to mention Watchmen again. Pick something else. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. Most people have said at some point that Dark Knight Returns is either the best or second best comic of all time. That's going to play into how you read it. Yeah. For better or worse, if you go in blind and you just go Dark Knight Returns, that looks interesting. It it doesn't you know it doesn't give you any expectation beforehand. I I almost prefer to be able to read it. Like that.
0: No, it's, it's true. And you know, I, I remember when I hadn't read The Watchmen and it was already, you know, considered a classic. So, I go into reading this book for the first time with all this hype and uh, at the, the Comic-Con, it was I think just a bef- little before the movie was going to come out. They were selling stacks of them for just 10 bucks. Like $10 for The Watchmen, you can't beat the deal. And I'm like, "$10 for a, you know, a, a well-known book, maxi series." Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a try for 10 bucks, Brand new, for sure. And this is how naive I was to The Watchmen. And, and as much as I loved comic books enough to be at a Comic-Con, um, I hadn't been jaded yet. So I said, Is it really that good? I said to the guy, He goes, I saw God when I was finished. And I said, Whoa. <laughs> I, said, I've, I said, I've never heard that review before. Like, that's a game changer one way or the other. And I read it, and I liked it. It was it was it was a good book. I understood the you know the the feelings people had as far as when it was made and what it how different it was. It broke the mold and, and all these things. But it wasn't like the best thing I ever read at that point in time. When I when I reread it and revisited it, I said, "Oh, I, I, I can appreciate it a little more second time around, right?" But, man, the hype going into it definitely jaded me because here's a person who said they saw, you know, God himself. And, you know, you're just, that's most likely not going to happen when you read The Watchmen.
1: Unless you've dropped acid. Right. At the
0: same time. Right, exactly. So, hey, give it a shot. Let us know what happens. So speaking of DC, we were gonna do this new for episode two fifty two. I said, why don't we do new fifty two for two fifty two? That'd be nice. cool. Um, and it's not so something like the
1: Marvel guy.
0: Yes, and I'm inv- how good is that? <laughs> talk about a crossover, right? But the thing is, the reason being is because you you've read um, quite a fair share of it, and in, in I think chunks, and I think you had told me as well that when. The New 52 occurred while some people were jumping off. It gave you an a opportunity to start reading DC. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's why it would be good for you to specifically talk to because of the, what was your experience when, so let's, why don't do, can you explain what the New 52 was, like how it happened or why instead of me doing Literally, all the
1: talking? <clears throat> the thing is like, I've not looked into it too much because I kind of didn't want it because I'm having I'm doing an entire read through now so it, it worked well enough for me to go back to Crisis right. and do a read through of everything in as close to order as I can get it from 1986 to 2011 yeah. which is when The New 52 happened yeah. so I don't think it was meant to be a complete refresh when when Jeff Johns wrote Flashpoint but I think Dan Didio or someone <clears throat> at that level, or probably a number of people at that level, decided, no, what we need to do is we need to kind of do a, a refresh. Um, I hate the word reboot, so we mm-hmm. do a refresh. Um, and we'll kind of start over and give people a jumping on point. Um, the, I mean, well, that one is going to the downsides of that too early, just as a very brief thing. There were a number of storylines that were still left over that they were still trying to carry on, so it wasn't a complete fresh start. Mm-hmm. So stuff like Carl Morrison's Batman, Jeff Johns on Green Lantern, that actually wrapped up during the early days of the New 52 with the same continuity, pretty much. So that was one of the issues with it. It wasn't a complete, a complete fresh start. But the idea was, for the most part, it would be. Um, so Superman was very different. I didn't read a huge amount of Superman, funny enough, um, at that point. But for the most part, characters had new origins or... or modernised origins because um, a lot of their origins hadn't been tweaked since either Crisis or Zero Hour um, and probably other points along the way if you want to get into individual characters but that's my understanding of it. So DC launched 52 titles, very different titles. Like it wasn't, I think, you know, two Superman books instead of four and two Batman books instead of four. Um, and then there was and then like
0: six Batman books but yeah.
1: Yeah, eventually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, they honed it down and there were, there were really unusual titles in there. Like, there was an OMAX series, there was uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, uh, Justice League Dark, which I think was new from that point. And I don't think they'd done that before. Um, so there were multiple Justice League books, but they all had a different feel to them. There was such a wide variety. So when I dropped Marvel and I heard about all the, the Snyder stuff on Batman... I like I'll give the Batman stuff because I like the Batman stuff I've read because mm-hmm. I've read a few bits so I didn't like Dark Knight Returns but hmm.
0: <laughs> not go there um yeah I, I liked a lot of it I liked the one <laughs> I, I read
1: 52 as well and I absolutely loved 52 um so that was the 52 issue series yep. that took place after Infinite Crisis that wasn't connected to New 52 but 52 had been a bit of the key thing for DC probably since that point mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was the idea was it, it was it was a jumping off point for a lot of people, and it's it's funny because like I recently reran the entry for one more day, um, in the Spider Man tiles mm. because there are references to it in the new Spider Man trailer. Okay, and it's funny because you get that split, and you get a lot of contempt for it, rightly so, and then you get a lot of people that go, "If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been reading Spider Man," right. and you, you know you as as a, much of a kick in the plums as it was for long-term readers, or majority of long-term readers, I think, it did give other people a chance to jump on. And there was a lot of um, anger about DC starting over. But there were also people that did take an opportunity to either leave Marvel or just go, like, I can start this from essentially scratch, um, which is kind of what I did. I think I was quite late to the, to the game. Um, yeah, because a mate of mine who doesn't really even read comics bought Death of the Family. Mm. Um, so that was my first experience of the New 52. And it was single issues he'd bought randomly off the internet. And I read them, and I didn't have a clue what was going on mm. at all. <laughs> and I didn't think it was that good. But um, but there was something that kind of stuck with me. And I thought, I'll read this run from the beginning. And then I started reading Batman, and then it kind of crosses over as it is going to in a universe like this kind of used to that kind of thing from Marvel and then started picking up some of the other books. And just the fact that they'd made it such an eclectic mix of titles made it quite appealing. So even if you tried it, you didn't particularly like it. You could get GI combat where soldiers are fighting dinosaurs, which I didn't pick up. I really wish I had, or maybe will at some point. Um, but yeah, there was just a, there was a nice, it was a, it was an interesting mix. Um, yeah, you don't seem to hear a lot about the fans who kind of stuck around. I'd be interested to see people who just, who were around for a long time and then continued quite happily. Mm. Um, but for me, it was, I was, cause that's probably more you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, uh, from Infinite Crisis, um, Civil War era, so I say 2006, Yeah, I was collecting mostly DC comics. I'd go to my comic shop every week. Get my Superman. I'd get my Batman, Green Lantern, what I was reading, and I'd have uh, was collecting the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man trades. There was a lot to catch up on, and a few Justice League things. But I wasn't reading line wide. I was just sticking to a few characters, and I enjoyed. Uh, and then I-, I was in the middle of that. Um, it started off really strong, with the the Jeff Johns action comics Superman run at the time that he did with Richard Donner where he brings, he does the Brainiac story and then he brings a new Krypton to earth. Do you remember that? And so the, the, the bottled city of Kandor, it's opened up and it's like new Krypton and they're, you know, trying to establish some type of sovereignty and Superman goes and lives with them. And there's like two different stories. And so it just, I got engrossed in that because this was the character I followed but then it went too long. And I was just like, okay, we gotta wrap this up. And as it's about to wrap up, I remember at the comic shop, um, the, the, the shop owner was talking about New 52 happening. I'm like, what, what is this? What's this New 52? Like, what's going on? He goes, oh, they're restarting DC. They're just, you know, fresh start. Nothing, everything you know, it's finished. And after this, brand new. And I said, I just like, th- I felt like throwing the books up in the air and just like, <laughs> forget it. That's how I felt. Cause I had followed so like up to this point weekly and it's just like that, like nothing. They're not, Superman and Lois aren't married no more. Like that's not, that never happened. Like, nope. And I was just like, ah, cause I was that continuity nerd still at the time where I felt like that's the most important thing in the world. So I jumped off, stopped collecting for two years, went back to reading real novels, (laughs) still enjoyed my, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the the Dark Knight Rises came out and the Avengers came out. And right in between 2012, 2013, before Man of Steel, I started to get into what was going on and catching up and got a couple of new 52 graphic novels because now I could read in a chunk to see if I actually like it, you know, instead of taking a chance on an issue number one that's now worth so much that I could have bought on the ground floor. But at that point, I was jaded. I was like, it's not going to... Who cares? They're just forcing collectibility. Like, I'm... I can't. I can't do this. And then it was a big... Did you pick
1: first, though?
0: My first things were Superman and Batman. Scott Snyder, Court of Owls, because everyone was Court of Owls. Court of Owls is so good, right? And uh, Grant Morrison on Superman. You know, I was like... You know, they look like strong... They looked like good product they, that they were putting on that shelf, for those first hardcover grab. I'm like, okay, this looks like something. You know, Justice League, I, I gave it, that was a lot of fun. So those were the first couple things. And then before you knew it, I was reading as much as possible. Nightwing, The Flash, um, all you know, a couple of Batman titles, a couple of Superman titles, Wonder Woman, a, a Green Arrow, just way too many. And I was enjoying them. I said, these are, these are good. These are fun. I like this. But then Rebirth happened. And it made me look at New 52. And I'm like, let me just take this pile of books. And I'll just... Right, that's how I felt it. But now, 10 years removed. So all of this complaining and, and whining. 10 years removed. Um, I find myself enjoying a lot of those books. Reading them in a different fashion. And I, and I think to myself... Forget the hype, forget people talking around you and all of the, you know, comic book politics, com- you know, the the fan fandom. Just take it for what it's worth. Read this guy's story. How does it yeah. how does it hold up? Forget all of the other shit. And you read it with a different lens and I'm like this this, this is there's something to this era. And there's some good. There's there's quite a bit of good stuff that yeah. kind of gets poo-pooed on because it's under the new 52 and it's not really a fair it's not a fair assessment of it
1: you see this move in cycles yeah though i mean like i, I still there was someone even even today so i'm going to turn the light on this room with like my foot boom check that out and i call it would be proud um <laughs> yeah you see you, someone said made a comment on something today which is like i hate i hate." the 90s style of art, or I hate, you know, 90s comics, which is part of the reason why we, we picked that, that topic recently. Right. As people go, it's New 52, therefore it's automatically bad. Either I've heard it's bad or I'm bitter because of what happened and I felt like I had to drop everything, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But when you, yeah, when you do come away, I think I kind of, because the thing is, I came quite late. When did I come into it? It was about six years ago. What year is it?
0: 20,
1: 2021 <laughs> 2015 okay. like my daughter got, she was obsessed with Batman oh, so because okay. I was the Marvel guy I was hitting that point with Hickman ruling the Avengers stuff and that running everything in the Marvel universe and then not liking it and then Secret Wars happened and I just went I can't do this anymore I just can't it's actually depressing me so I had to drop I dropped Marvel for like virtually mental health reasons it was <laughs> that bad um, so, and then, but I, and I did comics. Yeah. And there was, you know, the indie stuff, obviously, but it, this is an opportunity. When he dropped that much... Yeah. ...because I was buying everything, reading mm. everything. The stuff I wasn't buying, I was reading on Unlimited. Yeah, that's a big drop. You suddenly got a lot of spare cash. And also, like, my daughter was just obsessed with Batman because of, of the Lego movie. Oh, okay. And I thought, okay, okay. I'm now going to have to learn this dc stuff because she's clearly going that direction and i'm not gonna go i don't know anything about this green lantern yeah he says wearing a green lantern t-shirt
0: <laughs> right right right, right that
1: was weirdly what inspired me was a one-year-old taking a vague interest <laughs> it was an obsession at that age for her um and i wanted to know and it was a part of it as well was yeah, it was that whole thing of going green lantern sounds terrible can it really be terrible it can't be people are <laughs> really raving about it it yeah. can't be that bad the yellow the inability to use their rings on anything yellow sounds ridiculous which of course they undid Yeah. from the point when I started reading it so I jumped back and read the Jeff Johns stuff which then wrapped up what 20 issues into the New 52 yep because that was the that was kind of the the problem with the New 52 it, it wasn't really a jumping on point there were so many problems with it yeah I think they still had the same Donna Troy problems didn't they where she was Wonder Woman. Was the only person to leave Themyscira, and there's still Wonder Girl there. Like hello, because that was what happened with Crisis back in the day. It's almost like they didn't learn.
0: Yeah, I, I you're right. It's it's one of those things. I think the my biggest frustration with New Fifty Two as I was reading it because I knew enough of the Crisis in on Infinite Earths. Um, version like when they redid the DC universe that was comic book universe to me I could always get into that era and kind of catch up whoever the character was I had you know I I knew but now you're using the whole Batman story you're making it count because you need Grant Morrison's story to conclude which was Mm -hmm. trippy onto itself right um and the Green Lantern story needed to conclude. But then you, you sandwich, sandwich, sandwich legacy. You know, what, what the whole strength of those books prior to was the fact that these characters were seasoned at least a decade or more. You could buy it. Like this guy's been Batman for 15 years at that point. You, that was kind of like what you, you know, his guys are growing up. He's moving on with life. And he's sees it. He's almost getting to the Dark Knight Returns. Like, he's, he's a few... That's about... That story could happen soon. You know, in your mind, as you've read these characters, and now you're... Everything's in five-a-year package. And none of it makes sense. Like, what? He met Dick Grayson five years ago? He became Robin for one? And then... What?
1: Yeah, all that happened in five years. It just seems... So he went from scratch to three side... Four, three sidekicks?
0: Yeah. And Damien was you know, 10 years old already. Like, it just didn't make sense. And not that... Yeah, fool, yeah. Yeah. And, and, not, and not that um, comic books are supposed to make sense. It's just storytelling. That's that's it, right? And it's like, where am I that's here? That's the myth, isn't it? Right. And and so those are the type of things where I'm like, you're, you're trying to... F- if you were going to do this from the start, just do it from the start. Make Dick Grayson Robin again. Don't... Yeah. Don't make him Nightwing. Nightwing's gone. That's the whole point of this, right? Yeah, and it was they weren't playing fair completely, which messed it
1: no, up. It was a cop out. They, yeah, they, they got scared. They should have from scratch. Yeah, do it like cut off. If you're gonna do it, do it like. Mm. what's the Shia LaBeouf thing?
0: Yeah, do it right, right, right.
1: Like that go for the whole. thing. Don't half ass it. Yeah, no, because actually that's not a jumping on point anyway. So the whole point of you doing this is lost. Right. Because that was the thing I picked up. I I read some of the Batman stuff and it felt like I was middle of a conversation still like this is new though right and then I realised it was carrying on from Grant Morrison's stuff and I'd only read I think I'd read R.I.P. and the initial few issues of his run by that point but I was kind of thinking like hang on a minute this so some of this is still carrying on I'm confused right and that was day one right yep so Your your plan as it was. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, because it was it was trying to, um, in a in a weird I don't know if it was a meta way but trying to make some type of reference, to, the previous universe. But wanting it was like wanting to have your cake and eat it too, and I think that was my biggest gripe. And I really I think they realized too once they did rebirth that they needed to like find some deus ex machina thing to say something, something messed with this. This is why things are, don't make sense. And now we're going to, you know, give back what we took away because it was stupid to do that. But yeah, instead of, instead of me going to all the reasons why I hated it, what are some of the things (sighs) that going, (laughs) going back to it now, like retro retroactively, what are some of the things that you like or would recommend? Like, you know what? besides everything these are actually good books the funny of talking about the snyder thing
1: and i know we've we've discussed this on numerous occasions so just to get out of the way batman and robin categorically i know that some of it still feels like a hangover from the previous stuff but the tomasi batman and robin series is is gold it's not perfect but it's it's a great run of comics, and their relationship is fantastic. That one, a lot of it's the key stuff because it's funny. Because like Wonder Woman, who I'd never read Wonder Woman before, so my first experience of reading Wonder Woman was in was Azarella. Yeah, and I, I absolutely loved it. And when it's funny, it's funny. And bear in mind, I read Hundred Bullets, and which I didn't really get on with. I felt like it was trying too hard to be cool. I kind of got the impression every time he writes anything, he's just trying really hard to be cool. And then Wonder Woman was just nothing like anything I've read of his before. I, I absolutely loved it, and I, I, I don't, I didn't know at that point what her origin, original origin was, but to me that origin made sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a fantastic run. I bought the absolutes. So I had to have it in the most, yeah, you know, in the best possible format because I thought it was so good. And another one that really surprised me. And this was my, this is my first experience of Aquaman, yeah. I, I was trying to write a list of what my favorites were, and Aquaman tops it. Jeff Johns on Aquaman was so good. Yeah. It hurts, like it's so good. And it looks amazing as well, because he's got, is it is it Ivan Reyes?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's how, you, I think it's a Brazilian, so I wouldn't even know. I, I say right, Ivan Rice. Ivan Race. I do the same thing every time.
1: That's cool. I'm, I, I was thought I was getting better, but I'm not. 100%. Yeah. And I think Paul Pelletier's on it as yeah. well. Yeah. I Think yep. who? He doesn't get enough praise. He is one of my absolute favorite artists. Um, and he, I don't think he has an Instagram account. He's really, it's really hard to find his stuff. But if he's on a series, I'll read it. Yeah, he's good. Like he did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. The Abner and Lanning run. Yeah. And it was just, it's beautiful, and his pacing is perfect, and the action is so, like, it's choreographed. It's so good. Um, yeah, and you have him on Aquaman as well, and it's such a good series. And again, I didn't know how much of his origin is tweaked or if it wasn't tweaked at all, but I loved it. And and Black Manta was one of those characters that looked so ridiculous to me. Um... And I'm reading something with Black Mandarin, kind of going, "Oh God, it's this thing, <laughs> this ridiculous hat." And he was one of the most menacing villains I think I've ever seen in a comic, <laughs> more so than any of Batman's villains. Yeah, um, it was it was genius.
0: You you the three that you listed were actually three on my list. Funny yeah. Enough. Yeah, um, and for the same reasons. I I started with the. Batman, Capullo and Snyder. I love Capullo's work on it. I think he he did he got just the more he he got into the book the, the more you felt like his he he does a good Batman, his character like this this story works because of him, um, and I had said to him at the time and I meant it when I met him here I said I think, I think you're gonna you guys are gonna go down as you know one of the best all-time batman runs. And I think it's it, you know people kind of give them that credit, but at, looking back, 100% agree with you. Tomasi and Gleason, Batman and Robin tops tops them all. And it didn't and i unfor- and it's this is it's neat, it, for those listening and don't know why we're we're saying that, the story written in the Batman line of of comics in the in the office there they all were catering to Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Whatever they were doing had to trickle down yeah. to everybody. Some way or form. You have to do your tie-in to that. And, and yet and still, Tomasi and Gleason's story is stronger. Yeah. Even though they had to play with, with those aspects.
1: Well, that and the end of Morrison's run.
0: Yeah. And yes, exactly. They were affected by other people tampering with their main character.
1: Mm -hmm. And they still... It was still better. It's funny because that's the thing. Even the the second best Bat book for me from the New 52 era is probably Batman Eternal.
0: I never finished... I never finished that.
1: There's a dip in the middle. Yeah. But it gets so much better. I think it's it's got a stronger ending than Snyder's main Batman
0: one. Interesting.
1: I think that was a 52 part series. Yeah. See so that whole 52 thing again? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was better than the main series. I think it's because it had that one single thread going through it. And that tied into a few other titles as well. Like, I think there were some tie ins from Catwoman. Back to are Overt tie ins and a Batgirl. And there was that Arkham Manor series, I think, as well that ties in. Okay. Um, but you don't need to read them. They're. It does perfectly well on its own. And that's what's great about it is that you can just read it as one long story with the tunnel. And it's a hefty story. That's like the equivalent of what? Four, four and a half years worth of comics, but it was it came out in a year. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. In itself. But it was I think it was a better story. Um, so yeah, I mean, as as much as you know, it was good, the the Capello and Snyder run but I think there's better stuff. I think it's again it's one of those things where people are going, I hear this is good. I hear this is the one to read. So they do. You're missing out. You're missing Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is way better. Please read it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And and the the thing with the Snyder and Capullo run for me was I liked I loved everything that I had read but after Endgame I did not want to read the rest of that book. Like, immediately. I just lost complete interest once uh, Commissioner Gordon became the Bat-Rabbit suit.
1: I, s- I don't buy it.
0: I just, I stopped reading it completely and I don't know how that story ends. Up to endgame. I know Bruce comes back. Spoilers, he supposedly died. But it just... But where, where with Batman and Robin, it, it got better and better and better. mm like as the series progressed, my I was more invested. I wanted to I like it, I cared so much of that story and how it ends and, and you know the, the the moment between father and son. Like just the seeing Batman so possessed with passion to to, to fight yeah. for something and, and this time around it was his actual flesh and blood. like that that story of to any to the ends of the earth. And it just means so much. And beyond. And beyond, right? It's so good. Mm.
1: So that's, um, that's what's interesting as well about that relationship with with that Robin as a son. Like if they'd had him so that he was a father with, say, Catwoman, and it was a baby,
0: yeah.
1: It would be a completely different story. So Robin comes in as a as a what well, how old is he supposed to be? Ten?
0: Something like that, yeah. He's
1: quite young, isn't he? He's young. But like really smart. He's one of, he is such a good character as well. Yeah, he's he is kind of annoying, but in the the, the best possible way. Um, But yeah, so it's like a reciprocal relationship. It's not just him going, "I need to protect my family." He's protecting a teenage son who he's gone from grudgingly, I guess, because I've missed that bit. The Morrison, I haven't got to that bit because I'm doing the read through. Um, But my understanding is it's a grudging relationship initially, and then he does genuinely care for him, and and it's something that because it's reciprocal, And, and Robin grows too. Because he was raised as a killer and Batman kind of trained himself to be an emotionless crime fighting machine. Yeah. So it was seeing them grow together and it wasn't done in a cheesy way. And and like, you know, when it's sad, like at the most emotional moments, it's a proper tearjerker.
0: Really? It really is. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, for those, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation where people say, oh, but you only read this sit through some of these things Be, people think that it's just the fantastical parts that we go yeah. for the tights and the capes i'm going for the conversation in the batcave uh-huh. i want when they're in the car and they're talking about something those are the things that we're paying attention to now and then there's one issue with no words yes and it says so much because it it perfectly Execute storytelling in this format and that that book really has it all it's it's a really good book
1: i think it stands alone pretty well if i remember yes um but yeah if if anyone hasn't read it it's you're doing yourself a huge favor if you read it
0: and and same thing goes for the wonder woman that you mentioned Mm. because i don't like brian Azzarello as a writer for the most part um don't care for anything he does on Batman. I've read I've read a few things. It's okay, you know
1: one story. I think it was, was it Lonely City something Dark Knight Lonely City? Yeah. Which I know some people don't like but I quite like that story. Broken
0: City, Broken City.
1: Broken City.
0: The story's okay, yeah. It's it's a it's it's dark. Um mm. but it's it's not one of those he, he I felt like his name recognition for him being that guy that'll do that edgy sort of thing and turn something on its head you you kind of go with like well this is Brian Azarello right mm-hmm. but my favorite thing from him is Wonder Woman
1: yeah easily same and i don't Absolutely know why
0: i don't know why that book why he was so right for that character like that casting of Azarello and Cliff Chang Wonder Woman it's not one i would ever draft Ever. And right. it's so strong and it's a, so standalone because it, it is very different from Wonder Woman's story but also very similar. Almost where it's like when you read it and you think well isn't this what it was? Like this seems like what it should be. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Like this actually works better. This is a better character.
1: You see after that I read... The Rucker issues, and I also went back and read the George Perez issues, and I know it's probably sacrilege, but I didn't make it through the Perez run. I didn't make it through either of those two because it felt weird. I mean, the Perez one is quite dated now, yeah, um, and I felt like it was too heavily in this archaic idea of what an what um, like an Olympic Olympian pantheon should be, with the kind of the robes and the laurel wreaths and. Whereas Azarello's take was a much more modern take, mm-hmm. but it made sense. Like, why wouldn't they be different? It kind of felt like the way they use godlike characters in something like Wicked and the Divine. So they weren't these very distanced, um, smock-wearing beings mm-hmm. with beards, mm-hmm. whether they're male or female. All got beards. Right, right. Um, it was yeah. It was. It was a very different take. They look very different. They look some of them look like superpowered individuals, some of them just wore suits. Some of them were kind of working as business people. Like, you know, it was it was a different take and it worked because it modernized it. It's so like it's it's like that whole thing of like uh, anything that's got a medieval edge and it's always got the bad English accent thing. It's like they went, what are all the things people normally do with this? Let's not do that. Let's how do we just do this properly from fresh? And it shouldn't... Yeah, Azzarello seemed like a really bad choice. Yeah. Um, and then
0: it, and I was totally wrong. Totally. Uh, yeah. I had the same experience. Um, and surprisingly, one of the things that I did not like... I mean, it, I, it never fully sat well with me, seeing Lois and Clark not together. It's just one of those things that you don't... Don't touch that. Leave it alone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But, but I was really getting interested in the Wonder Woman, Kal the Diana Kal relationship. Yeah, it was one we always kind of wanted to see, and I really like that there are stories that you can read about that. And some people yeah, may I'm not like it. Age, yeah, yeah. Some people say I've done it before. They, they have they.
1: Yeah, it was in I believe. It was in the Earth Two stuff pre crisis. I think, I think I could be wrong. I think okay. Wonder Woman and Superman were together in that universe.
0: Okay, you're yeah you it I trust your your 100%. memory. The only the the like, one time I remember, the one time I remember um, was Kingdom Come, right where at the oh, end, yeah, right? yeah. I forgot
1: about
0: that. that that's the one time where I'm like, oh, okay, like that's that's a nice ending. That that works. Um, yeah but as far as as far as the the, the new 52 relationship went in the justice league it, it they kind of pulled it off to make it interesting to see like to to see how would this work cuz they could yeah. just rule the everything and who could step to them as a couple like it should this shouldn't work so the times where they they included it and it made for interesting story i'm like i'm happy that they tried you know i'm happy that yeah, these stories I, exist I really yeah the, the first, the, the General Zod and Ursa versus kal and Diana story from uh, the Superman Wonder Woman, Charles Sewell, and I think Tony Daniel, that was oh a fun God, story. I can't
1: remember that very well. I think the initial issues of that series were really good, but I just can't remember them very well.
0: Yeah, they, they all got, things got all mired up in, in crossovers and this thing going to that thing that you, you the, the quality of the line got affected because of that. But the initial issues of that series were actually quite enjoyable, uh, and the art was strong. The story was was new, new takes on things. But uh, Wonder Woman from Cliff Chang and and Azarello was quite the treat, and it was a nice consistent feel throughout. It was never jarring. Where uh, you know,
1: even when they because I can't remember the name of the other artist. Annoyingly, because Cliff Chang is credited as like it's they're the team, but I think he pretty much true about 55% of the issues it
0: yeah wasn't he wasn't on every issue huge but when guy. they switched it wasn't like oh man that's that's like a punch in the stomach not that the art's bad but I'm I, this is what I've been trained to read the story and don't switch that you know it's like going from Jim Lee to Mike Allred it just don't do that and it never felt like I, that
1: I think it still works for me there was a little disappointment but it still works There was, you know, enough there for me to, I think I gave it, like, both books five stars when I rated them. And that's not something I do very easily. No, you don't. (laughs) But I love that. And and Orion is brilliant in it as well. Yes, yes. again, like, I don't, I didn't know Orion. I know nothing about Orion. I didn't until then. And, of course, I tried to read some of the older stuff. And he's a, I think he's a vastly different character from what i remember. I've read so much DC in six years that it's all kind of jumbling up. Um. But I loved Orion in that
0: series to the point where, you yeah. know, bought the action figure. Yeah, me too. Same one. I, I, <laughs> that was the one figure that I bought from the new 52 was that one because the character from that story was just great. And good enough that they yeah. ma- finally made a character, a, a toy of him, right? Yeah. I, don't, I never had, don't remember. I'm sure they did, but I don't remember ever seeing a figure of him before that was so That's, clearly was like.
1: one, but like that. His vehicle, they modernized his yeah. vehicle, didn't they? Yeah. Because like the, the Kirby one as much as I love that really quirky design it's sort of, it's a it's a bit weird i'm not sure it works it just looks like he's riding around on a on a hose pipe
0: right yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it is it's an odd look
0: yeah no but he's the, just a
1: really cool character as well like even though he was a dick
0: yeah he's just
1: i loved him being on on the page
0: yeah and and it was like yeah it makes sense that she would have crossover with the new gods that, that, that's a good choice to try to mess around with that a little bit. I like that. Um, and speaking of you know, th- those characters in that realm of, of majesty, Aquaman, like you said, perfection. Jeff Johns taking that character, using all of the silly tropes that, that, that people use to tease the character, addressing them all, and mm-hmm. really impressing upon me like, wait a second, this guy's a badass. And he's nobody to make fun of. When you really yeah. consider his power, it's like, yeah, we've been selling this character short. But it's f- about time somebody really—not to say that people didn't try before. Like people I know love Peter David's uh, Aquaman stuff, but I mean Jeff Johns took it to another level. It was great.
1: Yeah. Actually, John did try the Peter David run, and I normally would just sing the praises of Peter David till the day I die i couldn't i couldn't get into this aquaman at all so but that was again that was afterwards right um so that was a bit disappointing so for me the new 52 aquaman is the superior version so win for new 52 for me
0: have you read any of the um dan abnett aquaman that that uh, was from rebirth that's actually quite good
1: no I was kind of hoping they'd omnibus it because I think it it starts at the end of <coughs> excuse me it starts at the end of the new 52 run yeah and then it goes into Rebirth and because I can't own a volume 7 and not have
0: yeah right right right, right. On, I'll do it I can't either I'm just
1: thinking like I'll wait I'll wait till it comes out in an omnibus but they're being slow and they're taking their time
0: yeah that one would actually be nice uh, collected that form because it was it was a strong yeah. strong take on the character and I don't I think Pelletier does a lot of the art in that if I'm oh, that not the part mistaken. Is
1: that he does it on? Did he, did he draw the Jeff Johns bit or am I he it He did. Up? He did. He did? Yeah, he yeah, did. I, did. I, read the fir- I read the end of the New 52 bit and I read the first two volumes and then I stopped but I was really liking it but I think it's because I was reading so many other things because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's when I started reading Transformers and um, loads of indie stuff and some stuff just got dropped, but yeah, I, I, they need to collect that up as an omnibus because I've had really good things about it and I was loving it. And they also, again, did a really good version of Black Manta.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's very interesting when you can take the, when you, you know, split apart the character beyond the silly, oh, he talks to fish trope and think about the fact that he's uh, a king. There's, you know, this ancient mystical land under water like there's so many things you can do and the the trouble that could be caused with these people right like the type of warfare you can have it's it's it would it leads to him being in very interesting places that you'd be like yeah I guess Aquaman would be talking to the president of this country like those yeah. those are really cool moments um not to get into rebirth that could be a whole other episode but <coughs> I recently, I recently re- reread or fully read for the first time because I had read parts of it before. The Grant Morrison Superman run from New Fifty Two. Did you yeah. did you get around to rereading it or reading it at all?
1: I have. I bought the book. I bought the, the Omni. Okay. Um, but I haven't reread it. So I read it. The, I might say the first time around. A few years after, obviously, because it was like five six years ago. I loved the. I remember loving the crypto story. Yeah. I'm really loving that story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: the rest of it I can't remember as well. It just—it's just not that clear for me.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't super clear for me either. I had after the first hardcover, I never f- continued reading the book. It seemed too confusing. Um, I, I stayed reading Superman during New 52, but the one thing that I could, that I, it's unforgivable is is that costume. That New 52 Superman costume is just horrible for me.
1: Because I remember there being a lot of fuss about the costume. Um, and bear in mind, I hadn't read a huge amount of Superman. I read Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and I read his appearances in Tower of Babel and other stuff like that. I hadn't read a lot of Superman, but I remember there being a lot of uproar about people saying this isn't Superman. And I wasn't sure if it was because of how he looked or how he behaved, Mm. because I didn't read much New 52 Superman.
0: Okay. So, wow. And this is the thing that I, I say all of that to say now, reading Grant Morrison's run with a fresh perspective, he made things that I didn't like, like that suit, he made it work. Like it, it made sense, you know, and and so it was like, okay, I can reconcile with that. It still looks kind of dumb, but but I appreciate what they're saying. It is, um, the jeans and and farm boots with the T shirt and the thing. I kind of like that. I like that, you know, back to basics sort of daredevil in the the black tracksuit. I like the, those those. Um, boots to the ground type of superhero sometimes when you could do that with superman he wasn't yeah. he 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 couldn't fly yet not all of his powers were That's right. right so there's a lot of what grant morrison did i think maybe this is sacrilege but i think maybe a little more effectively because the story was shorter he got to tell a, a, a every version of superman count story the same way he tried to do with batman but the batman <laughs> one went too long And became a little bit too self-indulgent. And this one could go there. But it it stays short enough. So that all of the wackiness that's in it. It's kind of... I don't know. It's very unique. It, It was a very interesting reading experience. In the way that it made me rethink how to read a comic book series. If that makes any sense. And on its own... Not that all of the art in the book, because there's a lot of backup stories, that the art is yeah. the art is okay. It's not like you tell everybody about it, but as a collection altogether, it's got a lot of special special things to it. It's a it's it's a good run, and I think I dismissed it, and I would retroactively I would say I was wrong. It's it's okay. it's it's a, it's a for me. The crypto story. There was a story where Neil deGrasse Tyson makes an appearance, where Superman goes to um, an observatory, and it's 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 really cool. It's a really cool moment. So it's all of these homages to Superman through the ages, Golden Age Superman, some of the silly stuff from the Silver Age, all of the he he makes it like a celebration. Almost the way all... It's almost like if they included All-Star Superman in this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would have been a nice little set.
1: Yeah. So, I actually think it was better than All-Star Superman. I remember that. And I know that's kind of supposed to be sacrilege. I didn't... I struggled with All-Star Superman. Really? Yeah. The Bizarro issues really annoyed me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. It was it, it, bizarro really Bizarro's
0: hard to yeah. You, I love
1: Bizarro though. Yeah. I, I love Bizarro. And I I remember someone writing a review on some Amazon book. I think it was the Jeff John's Bizarro thing, and I still haven't read that yet. But um yeah, I remember someone saying like Bizarro seemed like it's somewhat something someone made up as a joke and it's stuck and no one knows why and now they can't get rid of it. <laughs> or something along those lines. But I really like I find bizarro fascinating. I don't know, I I don't know why. Um, but that those two issues, I, I, it was a pain to read it. It was mm. painful. I just didn't like it. And it soured the rest of the experience for me. I
0: I understand. I, initially when I read it, I think the Bizarro issues took me out of it too. When I read it as a collection, and uh, with the, again, I find when I read books in, in different settings or in different formats, it changes how I feel about them. I don't know yeah. if that happens to you.
1: Yeah, very much so. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like that's how they should be read now. That's mm-hmm. why I couldn't go back to single issues. It feels better to read a, a – this is the story. Yeah. You know, reading a story like that over 6 to 12 months seems insane.
0: Yeah, and I find myself less critical of maybe an issue that – there's sometimes you're on you're, – you're, you're reading a book week to week And then you get these two fill-in issues where they tell like a short story and you're like, "Ah, this is part one. This is where they're going. I don't want to read the next one. But when you read it in a compendium format or a nice thick uh, collection of some type, you you get the whole story and you bypass or you you don't – you're not as harsh on what would have been filler. You're like, oh, that was a cute story to have in the middle, getting back to the regular schedule program, right? Yeah. But you, your reviews are interesting because you, even when you read the omnibus, you see what the story arcs were. Like you'll do the five separate story yeah, arcs. Yeah, I'll try and, and
1: it. break it down into the trades. I, kinda, I do it probably because it's how, I guess, most people can afford it. Ah, you know? okay. That makes Omni, sense. Omnis Omni, Omni seem to be more of a luxury, I think, or they're seen as more of a luxury by a lot of people, whereas they might buy the trade. Right. Um, so I try and do it based on, it. rather than do it as single issues, which I guess I could, but that would be a huge amount of work um, that I don't have time for, but I try and do it in a way that people are probably going to find most useful, and then I'll eventually do a version that's all of those reviews put into one uh, and include stuff about the extras if I can. So I try and kind of cover both, both bases. Right. Um, yeah, still, I mean, it still focuses on the collected edition side of it because I just think it's a better way to read it
0: comics. It is. Yeah, because even when, even when I read, like, um, I just finished The Incredible Hulk, uh, Peter David Volume 2, and there's everything in it. Mm-hmm. And if you were, there's moments where maybe the artist changed or there's like a break in a story. But reading it in in five like this was five years worth. How many moments here were boring in five mm-hmm. years? Maybe a couple, you know, a couple of these annuals I skipped through because it's the, the, the you yeah. know some of those are yeah they're not they're not the strongest parts of the so I'll skip through those. But otherwise, five years worth of, of storytelling here. This is this is a good stretch of stuff. I'm I I may have dropped off on something had I been picking it up single issue because you think. This is where they're headed now, so it is a, a. I find when I do read in different formats, it does make a difference. I do prefer, giving me the story. I don't want parts.
1: And that's coming back to the new fifty two. Yeah. <laughs> nice check one. There you go. They, have you noticed they're starting to re-release a lot of the new fifty two stuff in omnibus format? Or, that- or- Absolutely. Trains,
0: yeah, you know? and and that's what made me want to talk about this because they're. It's like you guys really believe in this still, or you're trying to. Like, what is it that you know that we don't that you're you're putting everything in an omnibus form, format.
1: Either they're going to base stuff on it in films. Or did I say that the right way around? Um, either it's going to influence stuff. they they're planning to do for films, which I don't see as being likely because of the way the DC film stuff is going. Um, right. I just think. They have looked back and gone, wait, no, there was some, we shouldn't be ashamed. There was some good stuff. But they they released, oh, see, I used to have all my Omni's only in the window bits of these bookcases. Half <laughs> of them are covered. But the Swamp Thing yep. collection um is excellent. But most people talk about the Snyder run. I actually thought the Charles Saul run was was better. Um, and they recently collected the entire run. So you can get start to finish, Snyder to Saw, the whole lot. That was great stuff, and that crosses over with Aquaman at some point. But I think it's the issues. Animal Man. Day. It's Animal Man initially, and then there's even a crossover with with Aquaman at one point. Really? During the Soul Run, yeah.
0: Okay, I haven't read. It. I have it on the shelf because I did grab a copy of it because I've. It Yeah, I've just I've heard really good things about both halves of the run, so I said this. You know, I want to get into Swamp Thing. I've never read any Swamp Thing. I enjoyed Animal Man from Jeff Lemire from New Fifty Two. Really,
1: that was so good.
0: Right. So I'm I'm looking at my shelf, and my first on my DC shelf, I got one, two, three, four, five straight New Fifty Two Omnibus. Which ones? So it's Animal Man, Aquaman, Batgirl from really? Gail Simone, which was actually quite good. Of course. Um, uh, Batman from Snyder and Capullo, Batman and Robin. Oh. I've got the the Flash. From yeah,
1: that one's lovely. A
0: beautiful book. Not the best yeah. Flash ever written, but it's a good. It's a good yeah. collection. Twenty five. Really, yeah. Twenty five issues of a of a stand. You know these guys' vision, and it's yeah. really your first revisiting to a fresh start of Barry Allen. I know Jeff Johns has his story prior to Flashpoint, that he that leads into the Flashpoint. But this is really the first attempt at Barry Allen in the modern era and I thought they did a a, a good job
1: that's the thing like it's talking you know from a star's perspective I gave it three Mm -hmm. which is that's a good book it's a good book but I've never kind of three can be a kind of am I going to keep that though kind of kind of racing. and I've not let that go just because it's so it's like it's a comfort book yes you know good that's a good way to put it it's like that jumper you've had forever that you probably should get rid of and he's you can just sit and read that and it's just fun yep. stories and the, the way he tackles the villains is but it's a nice introduction to all those characters. Um so yeah, I think that was that's probably quite an underrated run, but it is also because it's saying run about the flash. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a good comic. Yeah. It's a really good comic.
0: One one that I tried to revisit and I couldn't get through was Nightwing from Kyle Higgins. Not because it's just too much that it had to be tied into the Batman story. It just had that shadow of it all the time, and it was just stifling. All the, the talent stuff
1: wasn't it? Heavily
0: yeah, heavily the the dead death in the family. It was just it it made the the story And reading it in a collection format because I revisited it that way. It just didn't connect as well as I was hoping for it to. But um, another another one that I have um, surprisingly is. Um, not surprisingly, really. This thing is in the corner. No, I can't see it now. You know what was a surprise that came from the New 52 era? And I know you weren't a big fan of it. But I, I, I find the comfort. It's a comfort book. The Masters of the Universe. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Because it, it was... It was what it was. It's what you expect it to be. But it's... it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they took a chance and they, and they stuck with it. Like there's a lot of material they put out for that universe. And they, and they wanted to tell that story. It was ambitious. That's the word. It's an ambitious yeah. undertaking. And when you think there's starts and restarts because they just want to do a new number one. No, this story is continuing. They're telling a tale from the beginning to the end. Now how you feel about it. That's But there's a comfort to it because it's like a childhood cartoon. And then it crosses over with the DC universe. And when I read that crossover initially, I was like, I don't know what this, what's happening. And it was in the middle of a story. I didn't realize. Yeah. And it and it holds together. Quite, it's quite fun.
1: Read. Did I read that? Because <laughs> I did. Okay, Bob.
0: And I um, and I wanted to at some point, and I kept going, and it got better. I said, this is, Damn it. I should have it. but you, but I don't know if, if you, if, yeah, I, I liked Orion and you hated it. So if you, I think you got, you know what it is you like.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've debated yeah, too. Should I keep this or not keep it? And it, I haven't been able to let go of it yet because of that sort of comfort that it, that it, uh, brought. It was fun. And
1: it's also, it's also the omnibus. You
0: know? Yeah. The omnibus. Yeah.
1: The thing is, it's a really nice looking book.
0: It is. That's what that's suckered awful. me into getting it. And I just... I was impressed at the fact that it wasn't just a collection of that era altogether. It was a whole complete story, which is yeah. kind of cool.
1: Although it's, it's Keith Giffen, isn't it, that right writes it for the most part?
0: He's involved quite a bit. I know James Robinson was... started started it off. Um,
1: oh, yeah, that's right.
0: There's a couple of other people that's not coming to mind right now. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's a nice thread from beginning to end, even in the crossover and the gimmicky stuff that they did. So I thought that was kind of cool. I had never read as much about the Masters of the Universe universe. Like, I didn't know how, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't, maybe they made this up for this book, but this kind of, all the things I, I like it- with Star Wars and, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, it's like a mashup. Throw them together. Yeah.
1: I well, think that's a fair summary of it. Although, again, like, I read some reviews of the He-Man-Thundercats crossover. Mm-hmm. They did. A lot of people were really slagging it off. But that was the bit I liked the most. <laughs> and, yeah, it was... Just it really... What was it? Freddie... I can't remember his name. Freddie I Williams. I think
0: Freddie Williams is the Williams. Third, Something like that. <laughs> yes,
1: the third. Yeah. Um, I really liked it because it was just stupid. I liked the ridiculousness of it. It had a, a shameless parody cartoon feel to it right um, I just thought that was fun I'd have that bit
0: okay and then you got rid of the rest fair enough um, did you happen to read any of the Justice League during New 52 yeah so <clears throat> like I said about Green
1: Lantern I wasn't keen on the idea I was never keen on the idea of the Justice League I'd, I'd read Tower Babel had I read anything else I don't know I can't even remember, but uh, they just seemed overpowered to me. So I didn't really even want to read Justice League, but I did. And I remember kind of struggling my way through, quite a way through. Like Trinity War was okay, but a bit messy. Yeah. And then Forever Evil kicked in and then, but I I loved Forever Evil. You know, back on the Bizarro thing, when I had Bizarro, they basically had Hmm. the um, Justice League, evil Justice League. Supposedly trying to save the world because Earth three, Earth three—what are they called? Crime Syndicate, who are like evil, genuine evil versions of the Justice League. That's right. Take out our Justice League, or the primary Justice League. So then the bad guys rise up, and it's um, Lex Luther and Bizarro, and I think Black Manta, Sinestro. It doesn't really make sense for Sinestro to be there, but you kind of go, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it was just, it was fun, man. I think from that point on, I think I liked it more. But the initial issues, I thought were okay.
0: Yeah, they were. The they, stuff was,
1: I think Chimney's a bit overrated
0: now. Yeah, it was definitely popcorn. It was made for blockbuster. Clearly, this is the, uh, the the screenplay for a movie or storyboard for the movie, if you will. So it was a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but when, for me, the the dark side war when you get to that point of the book uh-huh. it's a it's a really cool payoff from where the first story ends to getting to that ending it was a lot of fun yeah. and jason Fabok's artwork is just gorgeous
1: yeah that's they are so lucky with people like like him and even Re- ivan reese whatever he might be called um they are such strong artists and they yeah. have them on a, on a book like that and they clearly love what they're doing yeah and it just makes the story it feels re- you know, it's an action book it's it's an action adventure superhero shameless epic punching people in the face <laughs> with some story <laughs> in there sandwiched in like a thin right. piece of hat you know <laughs> that's you know it but then they'll they'll weave something else in and you'll just go oh shit like, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Batman on um, Metron's chair, right. like, who is the Joker. Like, but even though I think they kind of fluffed that with the, with the Three Jokers miniseries, but that's outside the New 52. Um, that was a big old, like, whoa, I did not see that coming. And if I say the words, I did not see that coming, that's pretty big because I have an annoying tendency to predict what's going to happen. Right. But for a mainstream comic like that, you kind of know where it's going to go. Right. But that was like, boom, no, you caught me. You caught me. And I'm like, what? What? Where is this going to go? I'm excited. Yeah. That's, that's a winning series.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's got a good track record, man. I, I know now he doesn't do much, and I much prefer his comic book work than whatever he's doing in the movies. Jeff Johns, he he really loves the art form. And it yeah. comes through in his work. Whether you like his story or not, you you know he's doing it from a place of just pure joy. Like, he can't wait. And he always wants to pay homage to something that excited him. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I always... Yeah. There's something that's, about that's that that's contagious. When he does Green Lantern, when he does his Aquaman, even his Hawkman. I don't know if you've ever read his Hawkman stuff.
1: Oh, no, I want to. I've that, got it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. I've got it. Do you have the omnibus or do you have the trades of yes. it?
1: I've got the omnibus. I have. But I'm still. I'm waiting for that read through. So I'm probably a couple of years away from it.
0: Okay, but uh, it's it's really enjoyable. Like you can, it's just that Jeff Johns touch. You know, he just gets and enjoys the character, and he doesn't care how complicated it might be to tell their tell their story because. You know, Green Lantern is kind of like... He, he said it on an interview once with uh, Kevin Smith. He's like, give me the broken characters. Give me the stuff that no one... like. They're kind of broken. And let me play with them. Now, I know The Flash was in good hands with Mark Wade for all those years. That was a different character. But I can't think of anything from him that I just do not like. His Teen Titans, JSA, Hawkman, even the Justice League. I know it might not rank up there with the rest of it. But Dark Side War is a good story. It's a lot of fun.
1: I think that's the thing. He's a a consistently good writer. It might not always always be the best. Right. You know, it's almost like, to me, in a way, it's that comparison between Snyder and Tomasi on the Batman books. Right. You will get a good story from Jeff Johns, and sometimes you'll go, oh, you've actually made this make sense. It's like when he was doing Green Lanterns. For me, the Tomasi um, Green Lantern core book was better. Hmm. than Green Lantern, which was getting all the praise. But when it hit those big moments, it was amazing. You know, it was amazing stuff. And I'm really glad that they didn't cut him off and not let him finish that story. And that 20 issues of, almost half of the New 52 was the continuation. Because that, I, that, was, that was a gamble for me because I was taking the piss out of the Green Lantern and then I bought his three Green Lantern nominees. And then now I'm suddenly reading all of that, going. Oh, my wife
0: next to me going, what, what, what? Yeah, it's so good. It really it he and it makes you say, man, they should, they should make a movie out of this. You're like, oh no, they did. It was horrible. Just keep making comics, Jeff Johns, because I it's it, see he's an example for me of 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 a guy who tells a really good story within the genre of superheroes, but his stuff doesn't translate well to the screen, which is no,
1: this is and it shouldn't
0: don't understand that just
1: because there's a good comic, it doesn't mean it's going to make a good film. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is why I'm so against that phrase that people go, this needs to be a film or this needs to be a movie. Like, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It wouldn't work. I mean, I'm surprised Avengers Assemble as a line kind of worked in the films because I couldn't imagine anyone saying that and getting away with it, but they did. So there's always going to be exceptions and things that will surprise you. But for the most part, they are comics because you know, for a reason. Stop trying to make everything a film. Trying and you know, get people to buy your comics. You've essentially got massive adverts out there. Right. You're not using them. Right. Yeah, but, um. Yeah. I. I just I like the, the way the comics work for me. It's just I just find it a better experience than watching a two-hour smash-up special yeah. effects drama. It's it's a completely different thing because it is every part of the spectrum. Yeah, it's it is the big fight and the big bash up and then there's the real emotional stories you know and they're the bits that do get you that is exactly what we were saying earlier right it's, it takes you you care about the characters you don't care about the costume um, that's why comics work
0: yeah no and, and the more the chari- like the best characters and the best stories is when they use their the people around them when you make use of everyone around you, those those characters are like a Spider Man, right? Everyone in the Spider Man universe, you can tell an interesting story about Robbie Robertson, and you'll read it. You know, if there's if it's a Jay Jonah, you know Jay Jonah Jameson arc, you'll, I want to know what, just him and Peter talking to each other. You care so much, you know. You can make magic happen. So when I think the stories that lack is when they don't build up the character around them and they just kind of nothing's working. This doesn't stick. And and you're you're forcing some sort of type of relationship. You know, when that starts happening, it doesn't it doesn't uh, resonate anymore. Did you happen to read speaking of something from the new 52 that was completely changed? But this particular portion of the run was phenomenal. Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino on Green Arrow. Um, I did. I really hated it. You hated it. Yeah, I, it was the. It was predominantly the art. I thought the art was too sloppy. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> I couldn't get on with it, and I thought story wise it was like, it was okay. Mm. And if if it had a better artist, would I've liked it? I probably would have thought it was good. At
0: best, interesting, because um, I I thought I didn't that was see great. What the fuss was about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. It was recommended to me. Uh, someone at the shop was saying, "You know, the what's happening with Green Arrow right now is really good. Just check it out." And I said, "Well, okay, maybe when it's in trade." And then they released that deluxe uh, edition of it early. Yeah. And I said, "So they they feel pretty strongly about this book, for it to get this sort of treatment." So I read it in that format, and I I really liked it, but again. I was really also into the Arrow show at the time. So it was kind of blending what was happening on the TV with this character. I'm like, okay, they're making it work. You know, they're uh-huh. giving your – so I was double dipping into the thing that I already liked. But um, yeah, I like that. I, it was a, a 17 issues. I think it was 17, 18 issues worth. Maybe less. But it, I thought it was uh, it was pretty solid. For anyone who wants to read a new Fifty Two Green Arrow story, that's I think the section to read. Cause before and after I, nothing in my head. I didn't even try. I think the only thing
1: I saw of him was um, the appearances in Justice League of America, which mm. was the team that was put together to take down the Justice League. Mm. If I remember rightly, they were assembled by the government.
0: Yes, 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 Cat yes, yes, in, yes. Hope yes. Man and. I remember the cover now with the uh, the flag, the American flag. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yep.
1: Which was actually quite a fun series, but yeah, it. I hadn't. I hadn't read any Green Arrow before that. That was my first Green Arrow experience. But if I don't know if I was a little soured as well by the fact they were trying to tie it into the TV series, which makes perfect sense. Right. But I think where that was happening so much with Marvel, it put me off. Maybe.
0: I understand. Possibly. Interesting. So there you go, folks. There's two different perspectives of the same thing. One hated it, one loved it. Uh, Enter at your own risk. Anything else from that era that you appreciate or uh, would recommend or tell people to avoid completely?
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've covered a lot of the stuff that I think was the best. We didn't mention uh, the Sinestro series. I never read that. It was actually pretty good. And it's by Callum Bunn, who I don't, I can't. Everything of his I've read, apart from Sinestro, has been terrible. Um, I don't understand why he's getting so much praise because I don't. I don't like to speak ill of people (laughs) as creators, right? But I don't get. I don't get why he's a comics writer because he just doesn't. I don't think anything he does is good. At at best, it's okay. Sinestro was really good fun. Like there was a, I think it's about twenty issues. The start and end to it, they move Sorenic Made to, I think the character's name is who's his daughter ends up in the Yellow Lantern Corps instead of the Green Lantern Corps and I love that character um and yeah and it kind of follows I think she's trying to convince him to be a good guy but it's an mm-hmm. so what's gonna happen mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a bit more complex than that and actually that was a really good series and if they released that as an omnibus an omnibus I would eat that up um I've only just found out while doing this research as well. I did a little research; <laughs> my memory's so bad. But I still haven't read the Batwoman. Oh, I, ne-
0: ne- neither have I. But I've heard good things about it.
1: That looks really interesting. But it looks like that kind of feels like it carries on from the previous stuff from before. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough about it. But they're releasing an omnibus very soon, unless they excuse me, unless they cancelled it again. They keep cancelling it.
0: I wonder if it's um, carrying on from what happened before till after because it's all J J H Williams' art. I think that might be yeah. a, it. Might be a whole collection of his work on the character. Maybe that that's yeah. what it could be.
1: It might just be that that look. Um, but they also did the shade. So if you were reading Starman back in the day, I didn't know until literally an hour and a half ago that they released the shade twelve issue series.
0: Oh really! I never yeah. read Starman.
1: It's, it's, again, it's a, it's a jumper coming. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's really warming.
0: I, I just bought the compendium. I'm going through fables and sweet tooth right now at the same time, which I'm enjoying both of them. And I'm just ah. itching to read this star man because I've always, I've never heard anyone speak ill of it. Um, everyone says that, that same sort of like, it's very endearing. I look at the book, nothing about the art or the way it seems seems that way. And I never uh, could find a, a nice way to read it. It always seemed yeah. like the um, there was an omnibus that you were going to be missing out on. It was just, it's, it, I don't know, it just didn't appeal to me to, to collect it that way. So now to have it with so much to read of it, knowing uh. that they're going to put the next volume out and it'll be complete, I'm I'm really excited to see what this is about especially because they, they talk so much about the father-son legacy dynamic, dynamic
1: yeah. yeah it's it's a really nice setup, but it's funny because it's one of those things that I did persist with it but there were a number of times early on I, I thought about dropping it
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I thought like it's okay but it's one of those things where it's, it's the characters you're with the characters and you want to know how they get on and what happens to them um, and where they go and are they okay and do you really care about the characters and that's why it wins that's why it's it's a it's a really strong series it's not like i wouldn't give it like the best series ever kind of rating but yeah it's i need that second book okay so yeah mm-hmm. um but it's definitely i think it will pay off to have it in that format because it'll encourage you to stick with it if you do find it a little slow at the start you might not if you do it will encourage you but they yeah so they did a the shade is a key character in that series And he got his own twelve issue series during the Fifty Two. I had no idea, because that's the thing. There were so many different titles. There was stuff starring villains. There was stuff that was not even set in
0: the modern day. Yeah, there was the Earth Two or uh,
1: yeah. I liked Earth Two, though it had so many different writers. Mm -hmm. That some bits are weaker. Okay, but Earth Two was a lot of fun. So, but I I think if you want to, because I've actually just got all the. (coughs) Pardon me. Bless you. Um, I'd actually just kind of went back and went, nope, I'm going to read it again. Um, So I got the entire Earth 2 series, Earth 2, The Society, the world's finest uh, Power Girl and Huntress series. There's also the the Batman and Superman New 52 series. The first story arc kind of starts Earth 2. That's the first introduction to Earth 2. And then Mr. Terrific ties into it. And then there was the Future's End stuff, which if I remember rightly, ties into it a bit. And Convergence is terrible, but you know.
0: Yeah, it, it was but an interesting know, time because there were so many misses. But then the stuff that really hit, they were really good stuff. And and amongst yeah. 52 titles, you, you are going to have a, a, a fair share of, of good <coughs> stories that I'm happy retroactively looking back that um, they're, they're making things available for people to to jump onto these things and read sometimes just a, a fun popcorn book. Like I know a lot of people like the death stroke series just cause it was action yeah. paced. It was, it was, the artwork was, was kinetic. It told like a big Epic story. So people really like that. Uh, some people liked red hood and the outlaws. I've heard people sing praises of that book with the uh, Kenneth rockefeller art. They were really into that book themselves. I never read it, but you just hear all of these sort of, reverberations of people revisiting that era and there's stuff that people really swear by.
1: It's, just, it's part of it, it's just the diversity of it. It's that it gives, there is literally something for everybody in there. You have weird stuff like Dial H, which I struggled with at first, but I actually really got into it by the end. It's got a kind of uh, almost Bill Sienkiewicz Sank- kind of style. Okay. Um, to the art, a, a little bit. And it's written by China Mieville, I can't, I think um, is his name. Um, And it was a weird idea, but it was almost like a, it was a tubby nerd guy that ends up with the dial, H dial, or the phone booth. It's been a while since I read it. Um, But again, it's just an interesting series, you know?
0: They took chances. They really
1: experimented. That's the
0: cool thing about it, is that they took chances. Yeah, and you can't
1: that's what we should
0: do. Yeah. Things are going to miss and things are going to hit and at the end of the day at least you have a library of of options to look back on, collect them in certain ways where like the Grant Morrison Superman is, stands on its own, but when it's all put into the same series, the whole series itself sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and there were sections like that the Aaron Cooter and Greg Pak stuff was was quite Quite nice.
1: Yeah, that was nice. His art is awesome. Yeah. It's a shame. Doomed wasn't wasn't a bit better because that's the doomed was a mess. It was too long.
0: Right. Um, it it, it they're, they're trying to get everything involved, and that was the thing. You you tie in the, the Batman Superman book, and you tie. It's like, oh, get on with it already.
1: Yeah, because what was it about eighteen parts or something? By the something
0: end? ridiculous. It was too much.
1: It was longer than Maximum College.
0: <clears throat> it felt like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, but then yeah, the, the stuff after that. I think the trust stuff was okay. That was probably the bit of Jeff Johns I'm not that sure about. Um, so the the outing of Superman's identity.
0: Uh, he wasn't. I, I don't think was a... he was on it at that time. He did the first, I think, seven or or nine issues with uh, John Romita Jr. on the main Superman oh, and then title. Did
1: he jump off?
0: Yes, but I don't think he uh, stayed on it.
1: Okay. <coughs> Forgive me.
0: No, no, but but there was there was during that time where they outed the Superman and he went back to the T shirt and, and jeans where it was just like you were now disconnected. It was just very like what are we doing here? Who's writing it? Who who's leading the the, the story? And I completely. Um, I was happy when they got rid of all of that. I was really looking forward to what they did with rebirth. I'm like, yeah, bring bring back Superman, please. By that point, but the. Again, cycling back, this the Grant Morrison Superman eight twenty issues or so. There's a lot of heart to it. There's a lot of stuff there. It's very imagine. It's very Grant Morrison, but with Superman, it, you know what it is. Sorry, I'm, let me summarize it this way. He really picks apart the idea of Superman. That's what he really plays with the concept, the what that what the whole thing of superman means the idea that it that somewhere in his mind grant morrison feels that this guy exists because we believe in him almost like the way you read fables those fables have strength or or immortality because people keep telling their story yeah that's how he's treating superman it's interesting
1: that's nice it's it's funny as well cuz like um mark miller also really love Superman and he wrote the stuff that was getting huge amounts of praise in the 90s Superman Adventures series that was based on the, the cartoon um, and they both come from Scotland which in pretty much at least any film you watch is, is considered really dour <laughs> and hopeless and you think like Superman makes perfect sense you know if things do look hopeless you know he is he is the personification really of that idea of hope I remember Jeff I remember Johns did a TV interview he was talking about, no, we need to do... I think it was about rebirth, actually, funny enough. He said, we need to get back to the idea of hope. And again, like that was part of the reason why I, I made the jump, because I kind of got fed up with the dour side of Marvel. It was too down, and I was done with it, and I had two kids, and I wanted to feel like... or one at that point, And I wanted to feel like there was value to things and there was a hopefulness and there's a point because you're thinking about the future because you've got two small kids. Right. Interesting. Um, and DC, apart from everything that happens in Gotham <laughs> to a degree, I guess it is included in that because Bruce intends making that a better place regardless, despite the fact he's got no chance.
0: Yeah. See, I was finding, I was similar to what you're saying, but with DC, I'm like, why is everything gotta be through a Batman lens? I know he's your top-selling character. I know he like you want him to be the flagship. He's the crown jewel. This is what Marvel doesn't have. We get it. But so much of this universe is bright and yeah. like the the costumes are iconic and, and they're like they're emblems that we wear it on your chest. You know what it means. That yeah. you don't have that in Marvel the same way. I mean, you do, but not the same.
1: No, yeah, not really. It's hard to symbolize him in that yeah. simple
0: way and when everything is nothing's
1: being nothing's more iconic than that bat or, or superman
0: nothing simple. and so yeah i was i was looking for um trying to get away from that dourness of batman because i love the character but i didn't want every character to be seen through his scope or for every i don't know it just it just became too much for me mm-hmm.
1: when, so, when was that it was
0: it was during I think the mid the mid uh, 2010s. So while you were jumping off of Marvel, I was getting into Marvel. <laughs> right. Very Definitely. interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So now I, I now with all the stuff that you weren't reading was what like let me read this. Let me read something different. Let me see them, you know, I don't know. You just wanted new and you wanted things yeah. that you had never discovered before. Like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." I didn't think I would love captain america like it just seems it's it was like my green lantern like captain yeah. america but one of my favorite <laughs> characters yeah that's that's the, the i think when you you give
1: these characters a go they are iconic for a reason they've been around like so long mm-hmm. for a reason this is this is why people like jeff johns and Grant morrison jump on them and try and remind people why they still exist yeah. why they're still here and I think it's a weird thing for people in, in who, who tend to follow one comic company more than another when mm-hmm. they think there's only two to, to have that focus and go like Superman sucks because he's DC it's like why is he still here why are you you know there is a good reason right but these are great characters when they're done right there's plenty of bad stories there's Plenty of really great ones too, and that does that is included in the new fifty two. As much as some people will actually shoot it down and go, no, it's what they did was terrible, it's unforgivable. I'm never going to pick it up." Like, do yourself a favor and pick up that Wonder Woman series, or pick up the um, even if you start small and go with the Flash, you know, something yeah, that's just yeah. nice and light.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It's a good primer. I think a, a book like the Flash is a really good primer for the D- that era of DC, and the artwork's beautiful. It, it is very comforting.
1: Yeah, that Fran- it's Francis Manipul, I think. Yeah,
0: it? Francis Manipul and, and I think Marcus Toll fills, fills those gaps. Right. The, the, the splash pages he does as well, and every single
1: issue that he does, the, that double page spread to open it, it's just like, boom.
0: Oh, yeah. Have
1: some of this. Yeah. Like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. it's Give me more. It's true. It's true. It's always, it's always nice to kind of look back at things and, and maybe it's the rose-colored glasses or maybe you take off the, you, you step away from everyone, you know, saying bad, saying bad stuff about it where you can now look at it with your own eyes and like, you know what, let's take a look yeah. at this omnibus and read what Gail Simone actually did with Batgirl. How did she make this work? Because at the time, everyone was up in arms. Or everyone was really happy. How do you pull this off? And she did a good job. She did a really good job. It's, it's deserving of that sort of collection treatment. Like to give her that respect for what she did on it. I, you know, it's, it's nice to, to be able to revisit that. So yeah. we, we've been doing this almost two hours. And I know you, oh, I know, I'm sure you can, see the, you can see the clock. So I will wrap this up and let you go, my friend. But thank you so much. For for doing this with me, it's always a blast talking to you.
1: Thank you, man. Thanks for thanks for bringing the Marvel Guide to the DC party. Just to show that it's possible to like two things. <laughs>
0: Imagine that to like more to to, to right. Oh boy, um, lesson for everybody. Think outside the box sometimes, folks. Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, get, plug all of your places where people can can follow you, and and uh, whether it's the Marvel Comics Guide or Winchester Meat Cleaver plug away. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. OK, so Marvel Comics Guide is a um, its a blog, basically, disguised as a website um, that guides people through stories um, and character reading orders uh, from throughout the Marvel Universe from 1961 to 2015. One day, one day, I will have covered everything I intend <laughs> covering, but its it takes time. I'm getting it. Um, I'm going through a little revamp at the moment as well to try and find ways to make it easier for people to find the good stuff that they, they really want to find. Um, there's, I post the images from a lot of these stories. It can be interiors, it can be posters, promotional stuff, covers on uh, Marvel Comics Guide on Instagram. Um, there's also Marvel Comics Guide on Facebook and Tumblr and just started on Vero. Um, I have no life. Um <laughs> Uh, I know I still never get my own Instagram account right, but it's WWM, which stands for Winchester McPhee. wm underscore comic underscore reviews on Instagram, which is it's just all the reviews of, of all the books that I read, be it Marvel, DC, any independent stuff, as well as pictures of my books for people to salivate over and <laughs> and for me to show off about, basically. Um, Yes, I think that's everything, all the areas where I haul myself out.
0: I love it. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to tip the waitress. Uh, thank you, Dave. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, uh, this little uh, trip down memory lane of the new 52 brings back uh, some, some things that you like, or maybe you'll try. And if you do, we hope that you uh, our recommendations come through for you. Rate and review the show. And we will be back soon for more comic book conversation goodness. Take care, everybody.